everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project and my special guest for today is Brooke Rankin who is Miss Global Australia and Miss Global International second runner-up. Brooke, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing very well. It's always nice to have an Aussie accent coming back to me through my through my headphones. It doesn't happen often enough. Um, Brooke, whereabouts are you coming to us from? Bearing in mind that half our audience is not from Australia. Yes, I am from Melbourne, Australia. It's nice and sunny here. Adrian and I were talking that it's raining in Can Sydney. Can you please stop rubbing it in? It's nice in Melbourne for once. It doesn't often happen, but it's nice and sunny in Melbourne right now. Can you tell people again from overseas, it, well, is it still true first off that Melbourne has four seasons in a day? Is that still a thing? Yes, 100% that's still a thing. I definitely, you have to bring a coat or you have to wear like, I wear a t-shirt or a singlet underneath everything, but I always bring a coat because you're like, I'm not sure if I'm going to need just a t-shirt today or am I going to be wearing a jacket? Because sometimes in the morning it's like, oh, I'm in a t-shirt today and then at but by the time it hits like 3 p.m., you're like, it's raining and freezing and I need a jacket. So prepare for every season, really, when you come to Melbourne. And has anyone actually worked out why that happens? I don't know, but if they do, please let me know because I'd really like some stability and to know what season it is. Like being in Bali and Fiji and stuff when I went there, it was just one season the whole time. I couldn't believe it. I was talking to all the locals and I'm like, so it's like one season here? And they're like, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It rains sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still hot. Like I'm still in a T-shirt. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just the same. And I'm like, that just wouldn't happen here. I don't know. Melbourne, I love Melbourne, but the weather is so weird. Like the weirdest time I had, I was going to the airport in Melbourne and I was returning a hire car and no joke, when I got out of the hire car, the heavens opened, dumped on me. I looked like a drowned rat. And by the time I got into like the, where to return the car and do the paperwork, it was sunny again. Yeah. It had just dumped on me in the 50 meters of walking and made me look like a drowned rat right before I had to get on a plane. I looked like I'd gone for a swim in my clothes. So that, that's, has, has anything like that happened to you or that's just my luck? Oh. Times, heaps of times I always have an umbrella in my bag in my work bag even in summer like I know it's it doesn't rain as often in summer in Melbourne that's more yeah. of like a coast thing where it like rains and it's still hot there in Brisbane and stuff but um I just take it anyway because there is it it might look like it's raining during the day and I'm like oh I'm so glad that I brought my umbrella and then by the end I'm like I am boiling hot and I need to take yeah. off my so just prepare for anything. It'd be so hard to pack for Melbourne. So I feel bad for everybody that comes to Melbourne. We're doing a really bang up job here for Melbourne tourism, aren't we? Come to Melbourne, get rained on and then boiled to death. Like... Our food is great and our coffee is great. I don't like coffee, but everybody says it's great. So it must be all right. <laughs> oh, we can't have this interview anymore. You don't like coffee. We'll have clearly nothing in common. I will, I will. I will second that the food is great. I, I mean, as coming from Sydney, like I, I, I probably shouldn't admit it, but I do think that the food scene and the coffee scene, because I'm a big coffee drinker, I do think they're they're better in Melbourne, and also just the general like the entertainment scene. Like I love the Aussie yeah. Open. I'm a tennis player, so you guys yeah. have that. I don't know. Do you still have the Grand Prix, or did was that changing? I can't remember. Yeah, the Grand Prix just happened. Um, oh. 
I'm going to say maybe two or three months ago, but that was a really big thing. And it was like the first Grand Prix back for since COVID. So it was a really oh, yeah. thing. Like, and same with the Oz Open, lots of tourists and lots of yeah. just locals going just anywhere because we've been locked up for so long. It was just like everyone's yeah. just edging to go out and do something. So, um, yeah, I think Melbournians are like over the fact that we've been locked yeah. for so and we're just like, nah, don't care. We're just going out no matter where. I don't even, you know, don't even like the Grumpy, but I'm going because we can go somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, I know you were watching my interview with Kristen, uh, Miss World Australia, who's also from Melbourne. So before we get into the page and stuff, let me ask you, how did you find the COVID years? I feel like I'm talking about some old TV series, like the Wonder I Years, but... The COVID years for Melbourne, for those of you who don't know, Melbourne had the longest lockdown or the most days in lockdown out of any city in the world. You guys had an earthquake as well. And your poor premier, whatever political leaning you have, fell down the steps of his Airbnb, broke his back. How did you find those two or three years? Oh, I mean... I'm pretty blessed. I work in a hospital. I work at the Royal Children's Hospital, which is one of the biggest children's hospitals in Australia. It's quite well known. So I continue to work. Um, I work as a, um, a pediatric cardiac technician and an admin team. So I was pretty lucky. I got to still work and um, I still studied, but it was online. So I don't know, that sort of did and didn't work for me because um, yeah. I could put in my pajamas. That was great. Um, and, but it was more the social light. I didn't get to see family or friends or anything. That was really hard, but I became like a bit of a hermit crab because now I'm not nearly as social as I used to be. <laughs> I just right. like, it's not the fear of being social or any social anxiety. It's just like, I would rather sit at home and watch a movie or, save up a bit of money to travel or stuff like that. So although it was quite hard to just be locked away and like the walking situation was so hard, my dogs were so fit though. Um, and all that was really difficult. I actually came out when I re reflect back, I came out a better person personally. I like grew up a little bit more. Um, yeah. So it was sort of a good and bad thing overall. There's so many negatives within it, but I found a lot of positives within myself. So it, turned out to be a good thing for me yeah okay but hopefully it's gone for good now oh, as good as it might have been for you yeah we're sick of you like covid just <laughs> i've evolved enough it was enough, was enough. <laughs> by the third one i was a little bit like i have i've become a better person now let's just not let's just not do another <laughs> i don't need to become any better i'm plenty better <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I got to ask you because I know that obviously you traveled for for the pageant, which we're slowly getting to, and I know you just got back from Queenstown. I'm about to travel for the first time internationally, well, the first time to get on a plane in the last three years. What, what what's it like when you go to the airport and you get on a plane for the first time in like five billion years? Is it oh, weird? I... Is it exciting? Like what? Oh, and I mean, going to Bali, Indonesia, it was the first time I travel actually alone. So I was a little bit, I was taken back about how quiet Melbourne International Airport was. It was still a little bit eerie and everything is delayed. Like there's so many, you've probably seen in the news in Melbourne and yeah. just Australia, so many flights getting cancelled, so many baggages taking a long time, just flights being delayed. It was very much like that, you know, don't plan anything on the day you're travelling because yeah. <laughs> you're flying 
be delayed like two hours and, you know, then you're going to wait an hour for your bags. And it was very much like that. But it was still so nice to get on a plane, like my plane to Indonesia and back to Melbourne. It wasn't completely full. Um, so, But it was probably about 75, 80% full. So it was really nice to actually see that and be like, oh, people are traveling. And when I talked to yeah. Indonesian people, they were like, oh, We've really been impacted, especially Bali, being impacted by the lack of tourism because they strive, their economy strives off tourism. It was really, really sad to see the impact that they've had and so many people lost their jobs and stuff. So it was nice to see Aussies going back to Bali because we're our biggest, we are their biggest um, mm. income, really. So it was super nice at the same time. But, yeah, a little bit eerie at the airport. It was, it was weird. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope selfishly by the time I fly that my, my plane's not delayed because when you're flying 24 hours, the last thing you need is is a flight delay. Yeah, I hope uh, so. There's a cross for you. Yeah, what I, what I was going to say is actually if anyone watching this, any Aussies want to travel overseas, places like Bali, and my travel agent told me Fiji, they're so desperate for us to come back that sometimes their government's actually subsidizing flights. So, you know, travel alert. If you are looking to travel, you might actually be able to snap up some really good deals yeah. at the moment. Um, we, we should probably talk about the reason you're wearing a lovely crown on your head. Uh, it's not just a fashion choice. It's not like I didn't have anything else to wear except this yeah. crown and sash. So, <laughs> literally, I woke up like this. I sleep in this. What are you talking about? Oh, all right. So first questions first. Can you tell the lovely people watching or listening, why did you get into the crazy world of pageantry to begin with? Um, well, that's a good question. Um, I've been a dancer. This is my 20th year. So I have been dancing for 20 years now. And um, that just being on the stage and presence on the stage and everything has always been a massive love of mine. I love doing and presenting to people and performing and just being myself. You know, I've loved it for years. And then when the opportunity came that I got a message one day, I think it was from Miss World um, saying like, mm -hmm. hey, enter this pageant you know blah 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 and then I was like I've never really done a pageant I don't really know what it's about so I looked it up and I think that was when I was 18 and I looked it up and I was like wow like this is sort of seems like something I would be interested in you know I'm always the I'm the chatty type I'm very mm -hmm. confident and when I talk to people I'm open and stuff like that and I love meeting new people especially like-minded people so when I went and entered the Miss World I just fell in love with pageants I was like wow the sisterhood that you have with women and the things you learn from other ladies and just the pageants itself it's a totally new world and I was obsessed so I did a few Miss Worlds and I did a um, Miss Tourism and then mm -hmm. I did Australia so it was the first time that I'd done Miss Australia pageants which is for anyone that doesn't know it's a combination of Miss Global and Miss Intercontinental so the 2021 that I competed in May last year was actually the first time I've ever done it. So it was the first time I've ever done something that is like a five-day-long pageant and it was in the Gold Coast. Um, and I just absolutely, the whole time I was there, fell in love with it. I was like, this is so me. I love being in pretty gowns. I love dressing up in something that I love. Like the national costume is my favourite section. It's always going to be my favourite section. And I just feel like when I was in Bali, I got really emotional when I did national costume. I like got mm -hmm. off the stage crying because I felt so much 
pride and yeah. I was so proud that I was wearing I my national costume was the Australian flag. So it just felt like Brooke, so- let, me, let me stop you for a sec. I was actually gonna get you to walk us through your national costume, uh- which I believe is this one, right? I might as well bring it up on screen. Yes, that's it. Yeah. There so you go. So talk us through it. Yeah. So it's actually not my costume. I actually, because I got crowned two, about two months before I went to Bali, which was hectic. It's actually the gorgeous um, Charlotte 2017 Miss Intercontinentals um, national costume. She's also oh, one wow. of my okay. directors. So she competed in this internationally in 2017. So she is absolutely stunning and allowed me to borrow it because the global system hadn't seen it yet. So um, it fit me perfectly, um, which was a surprise because Charlotte is like maybe this tall. (laughs) I was going to say, it looks like this fits you surprisingly well. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it fit me perfectly and um, I felt like an absolute queen in it and it was it was definitely um, a showstopper on the stage and I just loved it. I mean, I was scared about the skirt because the skirt, if you see it in real life, it just, it really makes a path in its way. It like, I'm, I've walked past you and it's still going for like three meters later. It's quite long and it's dramatic, but that's what I love about it. Um, so yeah. Um, but there was lots of problems on the day that I wear that so there's always problems uh, in pageants but that's like a good luck charm if you've got problems with your outfit that means you're going to have a good time I don't know that you're going to do well that's what I think that's the theory I have (laughs) well I mean it obviously worked for you because you did so well I I have to say when it comes to because I'll be going to Miss Grand Australia uh next Friday I think and yeah just gives me nightmares when I see you girls wearing trains. I mean, that's a train and that's not, I was gonna say it's a train and a half. That's like three trains. It's just a disaster because you're always so worried that someone's gonna step on it. And then if you walk when they're stepping on it, that it's gonna be torn. I don't know how you walk steps, walk up steps, get in a car, get in an elevator, do anything. It, what what's it like? I mean, obviously, I'm probably never going to wear so like that, God forbid. But what what's it like actually wearing something like that? How does it feel? Um, I personally love trains. I think it just makes a gown or a dress just so much more. Yeah. Um, and but there is that fear in the back of your head, like, is it going to be stepped on? Am I going to step on it? Because when you stop at the points. You always have set points that you got to stop and you got to yeah. pose. And with that um, costume, I had to flick it around or flick it in the direction that um, would work for me when I next stepped. So it was a lot mm. of training with the, gown, uh, with the costume to allow it to work with me. And my national, my other national director, Sophia Harris, she's the Miss Global National Director, Miss Global Australia. She actually flew down to Melbourne um, and on my final, just a few days before I left, we trained with that skirt, we manoeuvred it and she always said to me, you need to make the skirt work with you, not the skirt, you know, adapt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I practice a lot with it um, and it worked out really well on the day. So it was all well and good, thank goodness. Um, so, yeah, it's I love trains but you have to – 
you you have to be in charge of it not worry about it you have to dominate you know what i mean you, yes i can understand i can't say from personal experience that i have much you know i haven't i haven't worn much that has trains on it before i mean i'm assuming you don't get to wear something that has a train like this very often do you no, no never that's the biggest train i've ever had like even my evening gown i that wasn't as big as that um my national costume so yeah definitely did have to do a few practice friends with that one Perfect. I uh, got a question here from Emily. Hi, Brooke. You're so inspiring. Lots of love to you. What are you most looking forward to in your reign? Oh, I love Emily. Emily and I competed against, uh, well, not against, I don't like to say against. Competing with. You competed with. Yeah, against is so harsh and it's like you're in my competition and it's like, no, I don't see pageants like that at all. So I was yeah. competing with Emily in MAP um, in 2021. She's in the Royal Court with me and she is just so beautiful. And I'm so, I was there when she won Miss Galaxy. So I actually flew mm. and I said to her weeks before that, you you've got this and she's like don't jinx me brooke and i was like you i in my gut i feel that you have this is your year so um yeah just did you her. hear about the disaster that she had at pageant week yes. though yes i watched the interview and i was like i had no idea you you couldn't have you wouldn't have been able to tell like you must have jinxed her it must no, have been you you must have jinxed not. her like I said, there's bad How is food poisoning? Good luck, Brooke. <laughs> the girl was projectile vomiting whilst trying to get a photo shoot done. How is that good luck? I could have, I could have never done what she did. Like that, I would have been done. That, that was it. I was so scared I was going to get barley belly, but I never did. So, like, thank God. Um, but what I'm looking forward to in my reign, I mean, it's been so quick. Like all of a sudden, two mm. months you know, I had, and then I was prepping. So I never got to really do anything with the rain. It was just basically preparing for internationals. But yeah. I think that I'm with Miss Global, you know, I've been looking at a few projects that I'd like to start up because I am very passionate about speech pathology, communication, language, all that sort of stuff. I want to do something within the field. And there's a few things that I have going on in the background that are still in like the production stages that I'd like to do. Um, because I have a huge passion for, you know, including everyone in communication. Everybody deserves the right to communicate. So that is sort of my main motto and what I want to do with that. Um, mm -hmm. But I really want to emphasise to so many people about the stigma that pageants have. When I talk to people, you know, friends, especially Australia, when I talk to friends and stuff and they say about pageants and stuff and they're like, oh, is that just girls that are like just so self-centered and they just love themselves and stuff like that? And I'm like, it's literally the opposite. It is people that are giving, they are so selfless and they want to do something in the world and this is the platform that they're taking in order to do something about it. So, um, you know, it enables them to have a voice. The crown, you know, you don't even have to have a crown on your head, but yeah. having on your head it gives you a little bit more of a motivation i feel so i feel a little bit more empowered um to do something with this rain so um i'm hoping to do a few things which will come to light soon i'm still like in training for it so mm -hmm. um, yeah so very exciting but i know emily's doing so much and she inspires me a lot so um yeah she's a great inspiration and a fantastic queen I'm not sure about that. She said that she expects me to wear a train at Galaxy. So 
I beg to differ. Outfit that suits it, you know. Don't don't disappoint. Oh, oh no, God forbid I dis- disappoint a pageant girl and she said, ah, ha, ha, I love you, Brooke. Um, just to bring you back, you mentioned speech pathology. I've done, well, as you can see, let's bring it up, your number 196, although I've done about 100 interviews before that. So we'll call it close to 300 interviews. You're actually the first girl I've interviewed, I, I believe, who's uh, interested in speech pathology as a career. So how did you gain that interest? How did you get into that field? Um, well, I actually studied psychology first and then realized mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do that. Um, and then my brother, when he was younger, he couldn't say a few sounds. Um, and then I always sort of had it at the back of my head that like maybe speech pathology would be a good idea. Um, so I was kind of in and out of like looking at the degree and being like, oh, should I do it? Oh, should it? Nah, I might be a dietitian, might be an audiologist. I always wanted to do something in health. It's just always been an interest, the body and anatomy. Yeah always been a love um so then I was just like you know I go with my gut and just do speech pathology I'm sure I'll love it and it just opened up so many things for me I just thought it was something to do with um you know we can't say ouch or a ch or a you know were you know that sort of stuff with kids and then but it's so much more there's so much more to do with speech pathology and they're in such high demand in Australia especially there is just people grabbing at students you know, in fourth year, I know a few fourth years, I'm in third year, so I'm almost sort of finished. It's like my last theory year. But fourth years already have jobs, you know, back in February, March, because people are so desperate for speech pathologists. They're just in such high demand. And um, I just fell in love with the amount of components that are within speech pathology. You know, it's the voice, it's swallowing. So many people don't under don't know that we actually deal with swallowing um, and eating um and speech language that sort of stuff so it's been nice to have a view of so many different components of language speech and communication all in one can you hear me yeah i can (laughs) don't know what happened was that mine or yours no you remember we were talking about basically the floods that are appear that are here it started raining again and it's oh no I was like, oh, I have like 4G. I don't know what's going on. No, I, I, I assumed it kept broadcasting. So I don't know. I hope you didn't do it. You just talk to yourself. Um, yeah. what, what did I miss out on? Catch, catch me up. What did, what I dropped out? What, what did, what did you talk about? Um, oh, no, I was just saying, um, yeah, how much that speech pathology has opened my mind to speech pathology is just like, a. It's like the trunk of a tree and then there's so many branches for it. There's Mm. just that is included in speech pathology that I never knew about. Um, You know, we work with voice, we work with swallowing, which some people didn't know. Swallowing is a huge thing in hospitals. Um, You know, AAC, which is augmentative and alternative communication, which is like when you see people with iPads or like, keyword sign and stuff like that so alternative forms of communication um and yeah speech and language so there's so many components Mm -hmm. all those things that speech pathologists can enter and work within so i love that there's so much variation even though we're the same title if that makes sense yeah where do you i mean it sounds like a fascinating field um i've heard 
a little bit about the iPad, the augmentation, but I'm certainly not uh, an expert on it by any means. Where do you see yourself um, in terms of that career? Where do you see yourself going in like a year or five years or 10 years from now? Yeah, so my ideal when I think of my goals in five, 10 years, I would love to be working in a hospital. I just, I think because I already work in a hospital, it's just well suited for me, but I'd love to work with adults. Um, I've found third year has been basically a lot more about adults. So I've really found an interest in people that either have Parkinson's disease, Huntington's disease, you know, people that have had strokes or traumatic brain injuries, stuff like that, mm -hmm. and helping them either in acute care. So when they first had a stroke, you know, assessing them and diagnosing them with what type of what we call aphasia, um, which is like a language um, impairment yeah. within the brain um, and um, dysphagia. It's all very similar. There's aphasia, dysphagia, dysphonia. They're all very similar. It's very confusing. Um, but kind of being in the acute stage where we assess and diagnose and but then also in rehabilitation. So, you know, once we find out what's wrong and, you know, putting together a treatment plan or a management mm. plan, actually giving them the tools and the resources to fully um, commit to that and being with them in that pathway to coming back to a sort of a normality and working with their families and friends to educate mm -hmm. them as well on how to communicate with them because that's half the battle is being able to your family and your friends communicating with you because if they don't understand what sort of condition or um, problems that they may have then how are they meant to you know ask them yeah. a question or respond in any way because there's so many conditions um, with communication. We have no idea how important communication is. We wouldn't be able to interact, you and me now. Yeah. We didn't know how to talk or even hand gestures or body language, facial expression, that sort of stuff. So that's also why I'm just so interested in it because communication is just such a huge part of our daily life. We couldn't do a lot yeah. of things to do without it. So that's what's that's where I'd like to be in five, ten years working in a hospital, making a true impact on people that have been at their most vulnerable or been impacted mm -hmm. by stroke or having Parkinson's disease. So getting them back on a path or giving them a treatment plan to basically live an everyday life. So, you know, be able to ask for a coffee at a coffee shop or yeah. um, just contribute to a conversation at all. Mm. So yeah. In in that field of work, I got to imagine that it's like patience has to be a huge necessity, right? Because it's not like someone comes in, they have, let's say, aphasia or had a stroke. You, you can't like, oh, I'll fix you in one hour and then you're on your way. So yeah. <laughs> that, that, that aspect of it, I mean, that's got to teach, that's got to help you put a lot of other like smaller niggles into perspective, right? When you're dealing with someone who's lost the ability basically to talk and then yeah. trying to help them to get back to some semblance of normality. Yeah, yeah, it does definitely take a lot of patience um, and a lot of work and lots of listening um, mm -hmm. because we really work on what people, like a huge part of what we learn about is getting the goals of the person that has been impacted mm -hmm. by what they want to do. So if they're like, I want to be able to ask for um, a black coffee at a coffee shop, um, but they have maybe broker's aphasia which is aphasia we call it an expressive aphasia because they can't put together the words physically um to actually say so they know what they want to say it's almost like you know when you get stuck with a word and you're like yeah 
oh I'm stuck and I can't think of the word what's the word and it's like at the tip of your tongue that's them all the time so Mm. teaching them and giving them the resources to be able to do that is so empowering as well like you're making a real difference um so and that's why I love it I mean I love kids and love what people do with pediatrics but I just feel like being with an adult and because they're so frustrated sometimes they are fully aware that they have situation and they Mm -hmm. just can't express it and the anger that gets to them is just so it's it feels good to be a part of that do you find it uh, i'm sure it's got to be amazing fulfill amazingly fulfilling for you if you can help someone you know achieve even the smallest goal yeah something to do with that do you find it difficult at all sometimes though when you have people coming in and maybe they've suffered an injury obviously something that's not their fault and yeah. you can see the frustration. I mean, I'd be frustrated if I want, if I knew something that I wanted to communicate, but I just couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I'd find that incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Does that does that affect you at all emotionally when you're face to face, sort of in your daily work with people, sort of trying to get through that? Yeah, it does. I mean, a lot of the time, people have a multidisciplinary team, so they're working with psychologists. Mm. And they're working with, um, you know, consultants and stuff like that. And they have plans. And we as a team, you know, I'll consult with an OT, the doctor, the neurologist, that sort of stuff. So we all come together and we sort of know where they're at. And you're also talking to the patient is the biggest thing. You know, lots of people will communicate their frustration or you just can tell. Yeah. So yeah. it's patients that comes into play then and um working around you know setting smaller goals for them they might be like i want to i want to be able to read to my kids you know and be like okay lord let's start with reading a sentence you know let's work up to that because sometimes people have huge expectations and they want to get back to normal straight away but that's just not possible so um you know setting them and listening is a huge thing so setting them smaller goals and listening to them um makes a huge difference and then allowing them to because sometimes people haven't listened to them lots of speech pathologists that have years of experience expressed to me that you know lots of the time all the other disciplines they just see the person for the medical they're like yeah. oh they've got a aphasia because they had a stroke or it's this and this um mm. but they don't person is holistic so speed pathology also work hugely on that you know seeing them as a whole you know not just the disease or the disorder that they may have but also taking consideration their well-being emotionally mentally that sort of Mm. stuff working with them so that's also another reason why i just love it it certainly sounds like there's many different as you already said there's so many different things that you could sort of pursue within that one field that yeah, you'd, exactly. you'd never be bored it sounds like you could have 20 oh, 30 exactly. separate sort of sub careers in that yeah. one field exactly right um i mean i've got to ask this one of the biggest fears for a lot of people is public speaking and a lot of girls in pageantry the part they fear the most is interview have you had any um from from your perspective obviously you're confident speaking have you had, do you have any tips for anyone who's maybe not so great at public speaking or maybe maybe they even had a speech impediment um, or stutter or something like that? So having the confidence to get out and speak publicly or interview, would you have any tips um, for people like that? Yeah, I mean, I still get afraid of um, interviews and it's still one of my favourite sections as well. But my biggest tip is just to know exactly not just who you are, but what you stand for. And if you are mm-hmm. confident 
yourself and don't compare yourself to anyone else. If you're confident within yourself, just focus merely on yourself, what you have planned. Don't let anything or outside noise distract you. You know, and if you do have a speech impairment or a language or if you stutter or anything like that, just it's hard when they, when you don't know what sort of, um, you know, for example, stuttering. Yeah. You know, allow it to be a strength of yours. Bring it to the table that you're in the interview. You know, like I have a startup, but I'm still not afraid to talk about it. I'm still here. Mm. I know what my platform is and I know I have a voice for what I, you know, that I stutter. So this is me and, you know, this is what I stand for. And if you stutter, then, you know, for some reason you're showing your true colors <laughs> but they will appreciate the fact that you've come forward and you've been like this is me i'm unapologetically me um yeah. and this is what i am here to do um why i'm here don't compare yourself and be like oh what are you talking about to other people and i've had that in pageants where people have been like oh so what's your platform or what do you stand for or i don't know what to mm. say stuff but you know go wholeheartedly knowing this is me this is what i stand for this is what i love and my passion um and this is what yeah. i want to bring but i'm not going to listen to anybody else i'm just going to embrace what i have in my life um yeah. and what i educate people on yeah that's really true i think it's really ba a bad idea to compare your platform i, I think a, a lot of i've seen a lot of girls fall into that trap of oh that platform is so big or so good I, and my platform's yeah. not good enough and then it's yeah. not about that. You have to find something that resonates with you on a personal level, not exactly. try and find the one that will get you the most brownie points, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. And that happens often. You know, I always hear girls being like, oh, I just don't feel like my platform, like, you know, everybody or people are like everybody has mm. my platform is, you know, empowering yeah. and, and yeah. um, you know, being bullied or something at school. Yeah. And I will find that such an important message to bring across you know i was bullied mm. at school um you know and when someone talks about it i'm still captivated it's how you captivate the judges so yeah. how you bring your own edge to it you know every girl can say oh, i was bullied at school and i'm here to show women that were bullied that they can still come and compete but put your own spin on it that's how you're going to get yeah. across Fine. Um, I've always said that to any girl that's asked me um, for tips or anything and be like, just mm. put your into it. You don't have to be, just because your platform is the same or, you know, similar to other girls, you're still going to look different if you bring a personal thing to the, to like your personal experience. Exactly. No one's yeah. going to have experiences you. So bring your own personality and your personal experiences to the table and they'll love you for you. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I like to say everyone can have the same platform, but only you have your story. And it's a story exactly. that will set you apart, as you said. And exactly. I think that's very true. Uh, Brooke, I want to ask you about your experience at Global, if you can just sort of yes. walk us through what happened on a day to day basis, because I'd love to know just for my own personal yes. selfish reasons. Just before we get to that, Mel here has said, loved watching you at internationals. You did such an amazing job. What do you feel makes you different to the previous Global Queens? Oh, I love Mel too. She was also in our map royal court. She is such a gorgeous human being. And I know that she's going to come back this year or for 2023. And I'm excited mm -hmm. to see what she does. Um, and I'll be with her every step of the way. Um, what makes me different to all the previous global queens? I mean, all of them, such high expectations every time, you know, coming along each line. You know, Danica was fantastic. Michaela was yeah. incredible. All of the girls have been amazing it's hard to come in and be like wow you know 
now that I'm a global queen, what am I going to do? So yeah. um, I think I'm different in the my platform, what I bring to the table, um, you know, the message that I have um, about communication. I think that's been different to everybody else. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. You know, I love it when I get stunned on some questions. I think, yeah, my main thing is probably my platform um, because all of us queens, you know, we all sort of have the same sort of, um, integrity and motivation and all of our qualities align. So it's hard to say if your quality is different because we all have very similar qualities and ambitions and because that's why we were crowned because we have that goal and we have that motivation. So it's, um, but yeah, I think the platform and, um, yeah, maybe because I'm a becoming a speechy or you know i can't even say my destination because the gorgeous michaela is also from melbourne so um yeah it's it's hard to pinpoint an exact thing but yeah i think everyone's well, enough the, i mean yeah. the platform as i said i mean i've interviewed a lot of pageant girls and i I'm pretty sure you're the first, uh, as you called it, speechy. I didn't realize that was a, that's, that must be a very Australian colloquialism. Speechy. Yeah. Have you noticed being an Aussie queen that us Aussies, what we're famous for is that, uh, well, actually as a speech pathologist, have you noticed that we can't say, for example, water, water, it's always water, the water. way our, yeah, our unique Aussie accent and how we have to shorten everything. Yes. Yes, very evident in internationals, especially because everybody, everyone actually said to me though, gosh, you're so clear to understand, but you also shorten everything. So uh-huh. sometimes I don't understand what you're saying. Um, so, but it was a massive compliment to be told that, you know, my, but lots of people also didn't know what a speech pathologist was. So I had to explain to lots of people and try mm. and to educate a lot of the international girls what a speech pathologist was um but that's why you're so clear and so understandable and but also another thing that internationally i think a lot of girls that are either going or have been is um that we talk very fast Mm -hmm. (laughs) lots of girls that english is their second language and i'm talking to them Uh at me like yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can just see the eyes glaze over And I ended up being able to tell and I'm like, I'm talking too fast, aren't I? And they'd be like, yes, please slow down or don't use such big words, please. And I'm like, okay, I'll say it again. So um, that was really nice. And I felt really privileged as well that, um, you know, English was my first language or is my first language. Mm. It's the only language I can speak. So, um, but I also found it so culturally liberating that there were so many countries that spoke, you know, there's some girls that spoke nine languages over there. Like it was just insane and seeing all the cultures and all the different accents and everything like that. It was just amazing. And I mean, Aussies always got commented on our accents and Indonesian people love Aussies. So um, they would always just be like, Oh my God. And every international girl <laughs> telling you, every international girl, when they saw my sash say Australia, they're like, Oh, good day, mate. Or they oh, God, yeah try and say it and they'd be like i can't even not say it australian they'd be like good day yeah. mates and i'm like no, no. <laughs> you're so cute I've, <laughs> I've had the exact same experience first off people confuse me for being british they, they can't seem to tell the difference between aussie and british and then when i tell them that i'm australian it's like oh good day mate uh throw a shrimp yeah. on the barbie it's like yeah, oh right. crikey uh, i'm like you know we 
Well, I don't. I don't know if you do, but I don't talk like that in normal no, life. Like, I don't know anyone who does. No, no. Yeah, I don't really talk about, I don't really talk like that. But yeah, international is what, what you were asking me the question. Um, yeah. Basically, Miss Global, it went for about 10 days, um, but I was there for about two and a half weeks. Um, mm -hmm. And that whole time we were kind of doing touristy stuff as well as we had our prelim competition. So the prelims basically decides the top 25, but you don't find out the top 25 until the final night. So right. um, the prelims night had, you know, national costumes, swimwear, evening wear and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, in between all of that, we had photo shoots, we had appearances um, and that sort of stuff. And Miss Global as a organization pride themselves on um, our appearances. And by what I mean, appearances is how we present ourselves, how we speak, yeah. how we act with the media, but also, you know, how we dress and everything. Yeah, of so how we communicate with locals, media, that sort of stuff. Um, mm. And, yeah, we went to lots of tourist places. And then after prelims, we, there were so many rehearsals. Oh, anyone that's ever been to internationals will know there's lots of rehearsals and lots of blisters. Um, and after that, we had the final night, which was um, incredible. Um, I had no expectations really going into internationals. I was just happy to be there, to be honest. Yeah. I was of love and full of gratitude and grateful well, I was just grateful beyond belief um so I had the lovely Michaela the 2019 Miss Global Australia but she's also fourth runner-up um 2019 mm -hmm. 2020 so she came along to Bali with her beautiful parents and um was my support um which was amazing to have and she's my lifesaver um and um, she was there to help everyone, not just me, but everybody backstage. Yeah. And we announced top 25. And from top 25, we had sportswear and evening wear again. So evening wear was sort of judged twice. Mm -hmm. um, so we had that. Um, and then it was cut to top 10, but was actually top 13. So Miss Global had a really weird system. If anyone noticed, yeah. and they were why is, there, why is there 13 people? Because they had the um, the wild cards, um, which yeah. was like sisterhood vote, the judges saves, and then the votes from um, just the public. So yeah. there was top 13, which we then had our question and answer, which was all sort of revolved around Miss Global. Um, mm -hmm. And from that top 10 or top 13, um, we had our top five. Um, and then the top five did our um, interview, uh, not interview, our question and answer is actually a little bit different. Um, our director, who's Van, um, who organised yeah. or runs Miss Global, he wanted to input something a little bit different. So we actually had a quote that we had to interpret. So mine was by Maya Angelou. Um, so, and I cannot even remember it for the life of me. It's something about if you wanted to be nor something about not being normal or you'll never fully be yourself if you're normal or like everybody else mm -hmm. it's all sort of a blur um yeah i so, can imagine yeah it's a bit of a blur um and then we had our presentation which was then the crowning and stuff like that so but then from there the girls that were in the top five and also 2021 winner we did our royal court so we had our mm -hmm. trip and we did a lot of appearances and stuff like that and um 
we soon go to, I was actually meant to fly out tomorrow to Vietnam, but it's been postponed um, to August. So another trip with the gorgeous Royal Court is in the end of August. So I'm super excited about that. But I just love the global system and I always will. Um, and I'm a big, big advocate for how amazing it is to all the girls and how it has a special place in my heart. So when I do map 2023 um, mm. and crown the next Miss Global Australia, it's it's going to be hard I'm because I'm so passionate about it. And now I understand what all the past queens have said. You know, you have a massive, um, it has a place in your heart and you want to give it to someone that, you know, will share that love with you and yeah. truly embody what it means to be Miss Global Australia and take that um, with them you know, internationally. So I look forward to seeing 2023's um, lineup of the, all the girls and I'm looking forward to being a part of that week and um, crowning the next one. But for now, I'm keeping my crown on for as long as possible and being the reigning because I don't want to give it up at the same time. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, Brooke, just before we go to the final 10, is there anyone yeah. that you want to give a shout out to for supporting you? Yes, I mean, this could go on, but I'll make it short. So um, I want to say, obviously, thank you to my family, um, my mum and my partner, Josh, especially. They've been a huge part of this crazy journey, especially the two months leading up to it. They've been such a huge support for me um, and have really embodied what it means to be in pageantry because this is their first time running too so they're sort of learning as well but they've really taken it on and been such huge supports um i want to thank my national directors um sophia and charlotte they're huge um supports for me and they have been by my side you know just a phone call away and truly mm -hmm. a sister um throughout this whole thing same with michaela hannah Danica, all of the past queens, they have been incredible. And especially my current sister queen, um, Courtney, she's incredible. She's soon to go to internationals. So I will be by mm. her side socially um, on social media, supporting her. Um, and then also all of my sister queens from around the world, um, you know, especially in Australia, they know who they are. They're incredible and they've supported me um, just with one message or, you know, a few messages commenting here and there. It means a lot to me. So um, I'm super, super grateful for any support that anyone gives me. Um, I'm really grateful. So, yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, your turn, queen that you are, to go through the final 10. I'm trying to make it sound really challenging when it's not, but okay, here we go. <laughs> Question the first, what is your favorite word? Mm, queen or fabulous? <laughs> fabulous, really? That's a very <laughs> British of you. Fabulous, they're always fabulous, or like, fabulous, darling. Yeah, or like shortened to fab, like, oh, of that's course, fab. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Australian, fab. <laughs> As as he's just can't finish a word, apparently. Um, question two, what is your least favorite word? Um, I don't really like the word can't. I mean, sometimes I use it, but I hate when I have to use it. Um, yeah. I hate when people say I can't do that. It's yeah. Um, but also it's such a weird one, but, um, my boyfriend will understand this when he uses my name or anyone that uses my name at the end of a sentence, like I just, it sounds like from when I was a child and used to get in trouble. Like when you say like Brooke Elizabeth Rankin, like 
as in you're in trouble. So he'll be like, can you get that for me, Brooke? And I just, I just can't, like, it's such a weird thing that I don't like, but it's just like, no, why did you put my name at the end of that? Like what? What? Now now my brain is just going do that at the end end of every sentence, Brooke. No, (laughs) see that like my brain, like my, one of my brain cells just died. Uh-uh. <laughs> Why? I that's fascinating. I wonder if that's some kind of condition. I mean, oh, I, I'm I'm not going to be unkind enough to you to do it at the end of every sentence, but I want you to know that I could. Now that you said that, and anyone watching, anyone watching, take note. And if you want to annoy Brooke, then she just give me what a strange. It's a strange never... thing. I just, my, I don't know. I just can't, like, I feel like I'm getting in trouble. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I get the whole, like, I get when they, parents would say the whole name. Yes. But the word at the, the name at the end of the sentence, that's the yeah. first time I've heard that. <laughs> it's wow. a weird thing. I know. It's something you'll never see. It again, is weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I won't be able to stop thinking about it. Okay. Question three in life, what gets you excited? What turns you on? Um, oh, packages arriving. Oh, I love when packages arrive. Oh, that's the best. Um, and food, of course, being a foodie, I love it. But yeah, packages are the best. You sound like an Amazon junkie. <laughs> I actually don't really get anything from Amazon, but you know, every girl, every pageant girl will know when their pageant dress arrives in the mail. Oh, oh. it's the best thing in the world. Oh, anything related to pageants arriving in the mail, that's just. That makes you want to knock off work early and just speed Dean down the highway and be like, I'm coming for you. Well, that's what turns you on. Question four, what turns you off? Um, very egocentric people. I don't know, people that have, think they're better than anybody else for no apparent reason. Um, yeah, maybe. Oh, I hate the sound of like utensils dropping on the ground like that that dinging sound when people drop forks and stuff or something like that at a restaurant that really like like no <laughs> you should save that for the answer to the next question we're, we're, oh, no. so we'll go qu- question five what sound or noise do you love um I love when like the microwave or the oven is going up. I'm pretty pretty sure Charlotte said that one too. And I thought, oh, that's such a good answer. Like that's definitely like I'm using that. That's definitely, that's definitely one of my favorite. Or like, because I work in as a cardiac technician, when I set up um, halter monitors, they make this nice ring and it's very like calming when it, when it works. And it also, that means I've done it right. So, um, makes this beautiful song. So I like that sound as well. Okay. And then what sound or noise do you hate? Yeah, probably the, the utensils dropping on the ground. <laughs> okay. Uh, question seven, if you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? Um, probably invisibility. Uh, I'm not sure why I think um, maybe when I embarrass myself, I just like to be invisible. <laughs> When I say something that- stupid or something, I just want to go away. But I'd also love to be a genie to grant people wishes. Like, that would be so nice. Like, just to give people wishes and, you know, make them really happy. I think that would be nice. I've never thought, no one's ever given that answer before. Being a genie. Yeah. That's also really smart because then you could grant your own wishes. 
exactly exactly you're catching on it's, it's perfect okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> I, I was going to tell you the reason why anyone ever wants to pick invisibility is because they're quite mischievous. Only the mischievous ones want <laughs> to be invisible so they can get up to stuff and no one knows. So. Oh, I didn't think that. I thought more of like if I embarrass myself, which is more if anyone knows me, that's it's just more aligned with me. <laughs> Have you had an embarrassing moment within the last 24 hours? Mm, not that I can think of, maybe because I just mentally made myself invisible. <laughs> Okay. Uh, question eight: What job or occupation, other than your own, would you most like to attempt? I love to be in a Pilates instructor. I think that that would be really fun. Um, yeah, I I do Pilates, performer Pilates, and I love it. And I think it'd be so much fun to do that. So I would I would love to be a Pilates instructor. <laughs> I love the equipment in Reformer Pilates. To me, it always yeah. looks like a torture dungeon with all yeah. these the racks and the things and the springs and you've got to put your hand in there and put it and it's like oh yeah. wow this is like a torture dungeon uh question nine what job would you definitely not like to attempt um probably being a surgeon yeah, too much pressure like your life is in like you have someone's life in your hands and mm. so much go wrong or yeah it would just be way too stressful for me or being a paramedic that seems really stressful like they're all in the health field mm. and i'm like nope definitely cross those ones out they're not yeah. they're not so yeah too much pressure for me final question if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates oh hey queen <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's a hard one. I'm not sure. Probably Hey Queen or yeah, probably that's, that's all I can think of. Maybe something to relate to food. Like there's a buffet. Buffets open 24 seven. I've had that. I've had that answer before. Heaven oh, is a buffet right. and you can eat as much as you want and not put on weight. Oh, so 100%. Yep. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, Brooke, that's it. Thank you so much for your time and for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Um, and I will keep you on the line for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience. But thanks to everyone for watching, whether it's live or on the replay. And we will speak to you next time. Bye for now. Thank you. Hey, Bye. thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident and impactful queen possible, head to the pageantsorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video.